All right, guys, today we're going to be talking about some strategies for dealing with social anxiety. And this is something that I've had a lot of requests for lately, and it's something that I've personally struggled with quite a bit myself. It's interesting, though, because we're designed to be highly social, yet so many of us struggle with this basic human skill. Since we're designed to be highly in tune with other people for survival, being self-centered throws us out of our natural rhythm. So getting back into sync with the group dynamic can bring us back to a place of harmony and connectedness. It's not important that you even like the people around you all that much. Navigating the social landscape brings a sense of pride and accomplishment. When you understand how to talk to people and are confident in your ability to play politics, you create a firm sense of security in your life. Social skills are the most highly valued skills of all, and yet our society seems to frown on cultivating them. We get uncomfortable when we see somebody else reading the 48 Laws of Power or Machiavelli or whatever. We expect that those we talk to will be personable and good conversationalists. But if somebody comes up to you and says, hey, can we talk? I want to practice good conversational skills. It would seem weird and uncomfortable. The truth is that while humans have evolved brains primed for social and political undertakings, we also developed an ingenious system for protecting ourselves from getting caught. If you know anything about politics, you know that there's a lot of lying, a lot of deception, a lot of plausible deniability, and a lot of looking the other way. These things are not symptoms of an especially deceitful subset of humans, but rather they're our basic psychological hardwiring. They're just magnified and exposed for everybody to see. Our unconscious mind is highly adept at all the things needed to keep us alive, and it does this through complicated tribal politics. Or it's, it's, it's primed to keep us alive through these politics, excuse me. Reading nonverbals, pattern recognition, empathizing, which is essentially tuning into another person so deeply that we can feel their emotions. All of these things the unconscious does without needing any kind of prompting. What's interesting is that researchers are starting to realize that there's many more layers to the strategizing of the unconscious mind than we realize. It not only helps us navigate complex social dynamics, it hides what it's doing from our conscious awareness. Hiding our political intentions, even from ourselves, leaves us in the perfect position of plausible deniability. I wasn't gossiping about so-and-so to undermine her and forge a stronger alliance with this or that person. I gave money to that charity because I really care not, not to make me more attractive as a mate or as an ally. The unconscious is hardwired to detect deception, but it also knows that other people are looking for that same deception in us. So what better way to hide our intentions than to hide them from ourselves? And what does any of this have to do with social? And what does any of this have to do with social anxiety, you may ask? Well, we're programmed to look suspiciously at anybody who is looking to get better at playing the social game intentionally. We create a society that doesn't teach people, you know, good social skills. We're expected to learn this stuff growing up, but nobody ever sits us down and explains the rules of the game to us. Unless we're just really, really lucky. But most people aren't. So it's sink or swim, and we're expected to just figure it out as we go. So if you feel like you've been doing more sinking than swimming up to this point, when it comes to your interpersonal communication skills, this episode is for you. There's a multitude of various rules, skills, and concepts that you'll need in order to be a top player in this game. We can't possibly cover them all today, but what I can do is help point you in the right direction and get you started. Remember that social skills are just that. They are skills. They are something that you can practice and improve upon with consistent effort. So let's go ahead and jump into the episode, starting with my favorite mindset. So we're going to talk about mindset and especially like reframing. 
So first things first, if you want to make progress in this area, you have to approach it with a growth mindset. We tend to lump social skills in with our personality traits and assume that that's just how we are. Now, while there is a certain amount of inertia to overcome, who we are is not set in stone. Humans are the ultimate adaptation machines. We can change and adjust ourselves to any situation. If you don't believe that, then just look at how much individuals and societies have transformed in the last couple of years. People get stuck because they realize that their interpersonal skills aren't where they want them to be, and they feel like there's, you know, like that's, that's something fixed. It's something that won't change. Thinking that will never get better keeps us from putting ourselves out there and from trying new things. And I mean, you know, why embarrass yourself if deep down you think that you won't make any real progress anyway? But every single one of us has the ability to learn new things. And social skills are no different. Reframing is one of the most powerful tools you can ever learn. And so what is reframing exactly? In case you haven't um, heard any of the work that I've done it already. It's choosing to look at something in a new light, basically. If you think about literally taking a picture from a cheap, dull, boring frame and instead putting it in a new, expensive, luxurious one, that transition can completely change the entire aesthetic of that painting. You go from an outdated, ugly woodwork with dirty glass to something that's handcrafted and polished, and suddenly that picture looks very different. The painting is the same, but your perception of it has changed. And your ability to perceive it through, you know, if the glass was dirty on the old one, that's, that's changed as well. That is what happens when we reframe our mindset. This is my goal as a mindset coach. The situation doesn't change, but your internal experience of that situation does. And what's great is that this all happens inside your head. You don't need anything from anybody else, and you're in complete control. So instead of looking at social anxiety as something debilitating, you can choose instead to look at it as an opportunity. When that opportunity arises, you have a choice to make. Do I stick with my old patterns and remain a slave to the past, or do I try something new and become a creator of the future? There's a moment when you have to make that decision. We live most of our lives on autopilot, so changing our behaviors means that we have to break out of that trance that we go into whenever we encounter a familiar situation. Anything we can do to break out of those old cycles and shake things up a bit puts us in a place where we can begin redesigning our behavior. There's a never-ending struggle between force and gentleness, warm and cold, masculine and feminine, yin and yang, light and dark, good and evil, order and chaos. Just like you don't want to be too hot or too cold, you also need to create a balance in your life between the levels of order and chaos. We tend to fear chaos because it's the unknown. It's dangerous, potentially. But chaos is not something that we should be avoiding at all costs. While there is danger in the unknown, it's more than that. Chaos is potential. Chaos is the young child who can grow up to be anything. It's, you know, the more you try to limit that chaotic energy and guide it in any one direction, the less potential you have in all other directions. Chaos is the zero that is nothing but could become anything. It's the fool and the tarot. It's the uncharted waters that could kill us, but also lead us to new lands and rich resources. Chaos is what happens when we try something new in our lives. It feels dangerous because it's unfamiliar and anything could happen, but the reason we need a little chaos is because our lives are ruled by an excess of order. It might not feel like it, but everything is scripted out. We've internalized a system of learned responses and behaviors that we act out over and over again. If we struggle with social anxiety, our unconscious mind has learned to be fearful around other people. Our body has memorized a certain response. That when we interact with other humans, we become afraid and we release stress chemicals into the bloodstream. 
we learn to be anxious. Social anxiety is not a natural thing. Humans are social animals. Interpersonal skills are hardwired into our DNA. Let me pose a question here. What happens when you take a group of guys minding their own business and suddenly a pretty girl walks by? They get stupid, like really obnoxiously stupid. Like immediately they get loud, they start yelling at each other, they get excited, they start making a scene. And for what? It's to show off. That's something that's built into us. All of our ancestors since the dawn of time have had to com compete with each other for mating privileges. It's actually argued that the desire to reproduce is stronger than our own basic survival instinct. Because from an evolutionary standpoint, reproduction is always more important to a species than any one individual. So the way we compete for mating privileges is by showing off, by demonstrating like how much better we are than everyone else. The stronger you are, the more you can afford to show off. Doing so, you know, taking that time to show off, it opens you up to attack. It's less time that you can spend foraging in the woods for berries and magic mushrooms. Therefore, the more of a display you put on, the better off you must be. And the more likely, the more likely you are to pass on good genes. From a guy's perspective, just personally, we kind of know what we're doing, but we don't really think about it. Like we're not sitting there thinking, hey, if I rev my pickup truck a little louder, maybe I'll get laid. But that impulse to get stupid just kind of takes over a little bit. You know, it's genetic programming. When we don't, we don't really think about it. And if we're asked about it directly, we kind of deny it. And for the record, women do this too. They're just more subtle about it. They fix their hair, they adjust their clothes, they stand up a little straighter and whatnot. At least, I mean, that's what seems to happen every time I walk into a room. So I, I'm assuming that's what's going on. But Maybe I'm missing something. Who knows? The reason I'm telling you all this is to make a point. We have instincts related to social behaviors. This isn't like learning computer programming where maybe it's just not for you. The ability is written into every cell in your body. All of your ancestors have done this successfully. It's the only reason you're here. If you struggle with social anxiety, one of two things is happening. Either one, you've learned bad behaviors that are interfering with your instincts, which is not actually a bad thing because that means that social anxiety is based off of ignoring your instincts and instead you're following bad advice. Maybe your parents, your teachers, or your friends, whoever gave you bad habits and programming growing, growing up. Whatever it was, it, it's learned. And if it's been learned, then it can be unlearned. So either that or two, you are playing the social game. Um, excuse me, you, you are playing the social game, you have anxiety because unconsciously you see yourself as being low in the dominance hierarchy. Like you're involved in what's going on, but you don't, you see yourself as not being powerful. You don't see yourself as being a good potential mate, whatever, or as a person of influence. You don't see yourself as being in a secure position within your society. Again, this is a learned behavior. If you have self-esteem issues and you see yourself as being further down the totem pole, actually, I think totem poles are reversed, technically. I'm pretty sure that the bottom is the, the, the more dominant or more important. If I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong. I could be completely wrong about that. Fact check me, somebody. Anyway, but if you see yourself as being lower down, you're going to be anxious because biologically, your primitive mind is expecting to be killed or to run out of resources soon. So either way, your instincts for social fluency, they're there, they're just buried. And the first step to fixing that is shifting the mindset from feeling stuck to realizing that you can actually break these patterns. So embrace the chaos of the unknown and start polishing and developing your natural skills. So let's get into how to actually do that a little bit.
Mindset is vital. It is. But what are some things that we can do to practice in real time when there are real people in front of us? First of all, I know you're not going to want to hear this, but you have to stop avoiding social situations. More than likely, the first thing that you do when you realize the thought of going out makes you anxious is to cancel plans. You already know that I'm really big on preaching the value of solitude and of getting away from toxic people. But avoiding people all the time is the wrong strategy. When you think of social, social situations, when you get nervous and decide to bail out, you actually are making the problem worse. You're teaching your unconscious that social situations are actually dangerous and that you should stay away. Do this a couple times and it becomes a habit. If you're struggling with social anxiety, this is probably the point that you're at now where you're in this cycle of avoidance. Not only do those scenarios make you nervous, but you've gotten used to staying home and just watching reruns of The Office. It's important to recognize this tendency and to begin to teach yourself to stop avoiding those social situations. The more you avoid social interactions, the more difficult it becomes, or excuse me, the more difficult it gets to, to get back out there, to get back on track. It's like exercising or public speaking. At the same time, if people are draining you, you're not obligated to get sucked into their drama and their toxic patterns. You still have to create balance and set boundaries. So I encourage you to make a point of getting out there and talking to people as much as you can, but still exercise discretion when choosing who you give your time to, okay? So about seven years ago, I jumped on the bandwagon and started taking cold showers every day. And at first it was incredibly painful and standing under that icy water took tremendous willpower. Even the thought of getting in there made me kind of want to avoid out of bed some days. The thing is though, after a few weeks, it didn't hurt anymore. It's actually more comfortable now to be in cold water than in hot water. There's a brief flash of stress when I first jump in there, but my nervous system has learned how to regulate that, how to manage that stress efficiently. And it's no longer that big of a deal to me. The same thing with public speaking. When I was DJing, I, was, I, I used to get so nervous and like I would shake before my shift started every Friday night. It was just so stressful to be up there in front of all those people. But after a few months, I felt like I could do it in my sleep. The point is that when you routinely expose yourself to, to stressful situations, your stress response gradually starts to die down. The more comfortable you get um, with that stressful situation, the more your body learns to say, hey, this isn't going to kill me. It's not so bad. And you start to calm down a little bit. So repetition is important. You, you've got to do the same thing with social anxiety. Get out there and talk to people. If you're really self-conscious, you're going to be shocked at just how little, people, uh, uh, how little attention people pay to you. Okay, I mean, for real, they, they don't care. They're too busy focusing on themselves to worry about you all that much. The real key here is lowering your fight or flight response and developing good communication skills. Both of these things just take practice. I've read, uh, I've read a few good books on the subject, but nothing really compares to getting out there and just trying to learn, just really watching people, just really getting into the flow of conversation. There's a, there's a rhythm to conversations and interactions, and you have to get into that rhythm. A lot of really socially awkward situations come when you break that rhythm. You know, you tell a joke at the wrong time, you stand too close to someone, or you, you talk to too, for too long. Finding this rhythm takes practice. But here's the good news. Once you learn it, it's a skill that you can take anywhere. Once you have a few experiences of what it's like to be comfortable in light and social settings, it stays with you and leaves you with a lot of confidence moving forward. So last thing, we're going to make this a two, maybe three-parter episode. There's going to be a little bit more like practical steps in the next episode. This one, I had to set the foundation for like 
the mindset that you need to be in, the, the idea that this is a problem that you can solve, that it's something that's a learned behavior that you can unlearn, that kind of stuff. Like I have to help you shift out of that first. Last thing, just parting advice, pay attention to the automatic negative thoughts that come up when you're dealing with this. So like if you're on your way to work right now and you're trying to figure out, okay, well, that didn't help me a whole lot. Like I understand that it's important, but what do I do today? Cool. Focus on those automatic negative thoughts. When you are talking to somebody and you, you start noticing these things pop up in your head, you're probably not going to notice them right away, actually. It takes time to, to notice them because they're, they're kind of unconscious. But these things pop up like, oh, this person hates me. Oh, I'm so uncomfortable. Oh, I'm so awkward. Oh, I said the wrong thing right there. Oh, my God, all this blah, blah, blah. Like, there's all these things about how, like, I, I'm so stupid. I'm so, I can't fit in with people. And I'm so awkward and uncomfortable, blah, blah, blah. Whatever. All that crap. Start noticing it. The first step to getting rid of it is noticing it, all right? Once you have an understanding that these things are coming up, that these thoughts are there, then you can start to change them. Then you can start to regulate them. Then you can do things to, to shift your focus, to change your state, whatever it is. But you can't do that until you're, you are aware that they're coming up in the first place. And as you notice that they come up, also try to pay attention to the effect that they have on your body. Because you're going to realize that as soon as these thoughts come up, you immediately get a visceral response. You immediately start to feel something like maybe some kind of adrenaline rush or you feel shaky, like your gut tenses up, something. I don't know. You're going to feel something. Start paying attention to those because the more awareness you can bring to those automatic negative thoughts, the more you can realize what a powerful effect they're having on your body the better position you are in to start changing them, which we're going to talk about more. We talk about it all the time. I'm going to re revisit it for you guys, though, because I love you and I want to make sure you have the right tools. So thank you guys for listening. Good luck. Check out my TikTok if you're not on it already. Check out my Facebook group if you're not on it already. There's some free training coming up. There's some one-on-one -on -one stuff going on. There's lots of content coming up all the time. The Facebook group's taking a little bit of time, but that's how I'm connecting with people on an individual level. That's how I'm actually reaching out. Like if you have certain problems and you want some coaching or you just want to connect and ask me questions, that's a place to do it. I will talk to you guys soon. Have a great day.